That's right. Smackdown. Podcast in the shadows. I don't hate. It's Blake. Doing what you ain't. right that's right you heard it clear Becky Lynch is back the man is home I'm assuming she is cleared to go and she's calling out Charlotte so Charlotte comes out and of course we get our uh, replace photos of what took place at Survivor Series with that brutal beat down that Charizard gave to Rowdy Ronda Rousey and at the end of it I would say almost oddly enough but it's not very odd at this point it's just uh what happens when you pull peroxide and baking soda you know with no real area to hold it it's bubbling over shit is part of me things are fizzing everywhere like um you know, Becky, with this newfound attitude and aggression, you know, and uh, being the man, and I'm going to continue to to say this until it really gets through to the entirety of the WWE universe, but that championship energy has completely taken over, you know, so Becky, uh, being this man now, being the man, you know, uh, she's a completely new human being, and Charlotte uh, riding that wave of momentum of getting mixed reactions from the crowd based on their ideas of favoritism and uh, such like that. But then her own uh, ability being quote-unquote, excuse me, uh, genetically superior, being naturally selected for the greatness, you know, it's like both of these women have now gotten to another level because of what they gave us at Evolution, you know, it's, uh, it, it only serves to, you know, really build what the fans feel about them, you know, we've seen a lot during this rivalry, and, and of course, these women have grown together, they've been best friends, we, we've seen the blood, we've seen the sweat, we've seen the injuries, you know, we've even seen Becky learn a very valuable lesson, in which she isn't acting as if she learned, she's right back to the badassery, but, the mixed reaction from the crowd, I think it's just a bunch of people that don't know how to feel because of how fast both of these superstars have shot up the ladder in such a short period of time. I think it's completely awesome to see both of them staring each other face to face. And of course, you know, seeing Becky give her that hug uh, was a very clear giveaway as to how they feel about each other as superstars and competitors 
in the storyline. Of course, outside of storyline, it's a completely different story. But stop, because this is SmackDown Live. And this is the, uh, some would argue, superior brand, 6 and one But beyond that, Charlotte is staring Becky face in the face right now. And Becky is staring right back. Let's find out what uh, what's going to transpire here. This segment deserves bit by bit analysis. So Becky is under the impression that Charlotte was channeling her. As in, Charizard was channeling Becky because Becky had asked her or told her to do exactly what she would have done if she was able to take on Rowdy Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series. But Charlotte replies with, no, no, no. Seven-time women's champion and the only woman on either roster to be able to take the fight to Ronda Rousey in that fashion. I personally haven't seen any other woman be able to step to Ronda Rousey in that fashion. I know that the Facebreaker had an excellent showing against Ronda Rousey. I know that Nikki Bella had a pretty cool showing against Ronda Rousey. You know, she's fearless and all, so we all knew she would go and try to fight her. But we all know that the only thing that rivals that beatdown that took place in between, well, between Charlotte and, excuse me, Charizard and Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series was when Rebecca took the beating to Charlotte all the way back at, uh, what, SummerSlam was that? Was that SummerSlam? I would, I would think that was SummerSlam. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that was SummerSlam. Or maybe Hell in a Cell. Might have been Hell in a Cell. But either way, we all remember those two beatdowns because those are most recent, but those, was those, th- those moments were the catapulting moments in which I spoke on earlier. So, again... Becky is saying that Charlotte cha- uh, channeled her. Charlotte is saying, no, I'm just being exactly who I've always been. The naturally selected, genetically superior seven-time women's champion, Charizard Flair. Let's continue to see what happens next. Charizard's claim is she's always been capable to do this because she's got the mindset to do what it takes to get the job done. No matter what, as Corey Graves says, by any means possible. And, of course, Becky is still standing on her claim of channeling, uh, well, Charlotte channeling her, and she beat the phoniness out of her. I think Becky seems a little, uh, what is it, I don't want to say nervous, you know, but she has this conspiracy in her mind that Charlotte is gunning for the women's championship, so this is why she's, uh, attempting to act like her, called her even a bootleg Becky. I want to let these ladies finish, but I do want to jump in briefly. And in off chance that uh, Becky and Charlotte do get to hear this, I would not call Charlotte Flair a bootleg Becky in a second. I mean, yes, maybe that beatdown did trigger something inside of Charlotte to make her evolve into Charizard. But that spear through the LED stage wall thing? Come on now, that wasn't anything uh, that had to do with her trying to be Becky. That was Charlotte saying, okay, let's put the respect to the side for a minute because let's remember back 
when right before then Charlotte Charlotte was trying to respect her and gave her the, gave her a handshake and Becky turned on her. So really, who's really mad here? I think I don't know, man. I think Becky and I'm just going with what the storyline has dictated so far. I think Becky's really mad and she's she's she might be low key scared. Might maybe. I don't know. I think she's got a lot of heart. I think she's willing to do whatever it takes. But we've seen a larger side from Charlotte in recent weeks of like she took out two. She took out the iconics just last week on SmackDown Live. We, of course, did see Becky uh, attack Ronda Rousey from behind. We saw her in the armbar, but then at the same time, we saw somebody break her face. Let's just call it what it is. You know, we do. We are supposed to cheer for the faces and boo the heels. So heel tactics for the win, right? But if a face is still outshining you because she's willing to do whatever it takes without cheating or getting the upper hand by some underhanded fashion, then I mean, come on. So shouts to Charizard. Bootleg Becky, I don't know. That might be a little bit of a reach. But let's continue on. Let these women finish. Pardon me. So in response to the bootleg Becky line, Charlotte says that the face breaker... Nia Jax must have hit her harder than we all thought because she went from quirky to delusional. She's challenging, I mean, excuse me, she's channeling Charlotte's dad, Ric Flair, and we all know the saying by now, in order to beat a man, you gots to beat the man. Woo! Therefore, I mean, I think Charlotte got a little bit of a point and might have the upper hand in this little segment because if you look at Becky's shirt, look no further than <laughs> Becky's shirt, it says the man. And we all know that Ric Flair is the original man. Therefore, again, I think Charizard is putting that fire to the last kicker, but let's... Let's let's continue because Charizard just spoke just just told uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey that the queen stands out in the crowd. Indeed, the queen does stand out in the crowd, and she's gonna be at TLC as will Ronda. I I don't want to pre-book anything, you know. I I don't really like doing predictions because of the unpredictable nature of WWE no matter what anyone likes to say uh, I know that Ronda Rousey has a match coming up against the facebreaker Nia Jax we gonna find out if uh, Charlotte gets a match I personally think she's gonna have something to do you know I only watched an hour but we're gonna continue with how the story unfolds I, I don't you know, the inter-promotion, the, 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 the brand stuff. Of course, I, I enjoy the brand split. Excuse me, the brand split. I like the, uh, I like how we did the superstar shake-up. I like the draft. I like the state of the union, the state of the WWE. Like, all of that from back in the day, used the talking smack set. It was really cool. And since then, we've been able to truly stick to that. And that formula, in my opinion, has really, really worked. Shout out to the Fox deal 2019. 
I don't know how this is going to work out at TLC, but it really gets my goosebumps going to know that there could potentially be some real interferences in these matches. You know, we could have both women uh, keep their championships, but at the same time, oh man, Ronda Rousey's going to have to go get Charlotte. Isn't Ronda Rousey a face? What's Charlotte doing right now? Is she being a hybrid? I think she's still a face. A face doing heel tap. This is what I mean. Do me a favor, you guys. Recognize that this uh, segment of the, you know, podcast Somewhere in the Shadows is brought to you by the Marine 6 Close Quarters. Get that. And also ensure that you subscribe to the WWE Network if you haven't yet. Because TLC is three weeks out and we've still got some time to continue building these rivalries i don't know how ronda rousey is going to respond to that but we all know we can make jokes about what the face breaker said and all the rest of that but ronda rousey knows how to deliver a very passionate promo charlotte is showing no fear I would even go as far back as WrestleMania and talk about how Stephanie showed no true fear. Of course, we saw moments, but no, no. You look at the right spots, Stephanie wasn't afraid. So, Charlotte is clearly not afraid. And that could only serve to piss off the Royal Women's Champion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you don't think we're in a women's revolution right now, you're sleeping. Alright, last thing on this. This is a great opening segment to SmackDown Live. This is pouring more fuel on the fire that is the women's roster on SmackDown Live. I don't know how this could get any more crazy. (laughs) But Charlotte claims that she wasn't fighting for Becky at Survivor Series. She was fighting for herself. And... Because Becky couldn't do it. Hmm. Hmm. That's deep. That's deep. I think Charlotte is... I think Charlotte got this one personally. I think she got it. Charlotte is clearly not afraid to fight Becky again. And we got our general manager, Paige, uh, just making matches. She just made a... a, She dropped a bombshell on all of us. Said that it's going to be a match between the two at TLC for the Women's Championship one more time. And I ain't mad because there's so much passion in the ring right now that it might it might implode on itself. So many combustible elements. Huh? Come on. Now, hold on, because then I, I got to just quote Corey Graves. Things went from um, extremely tense to downright magical because then Mandy Rose's music hits and out comes her and Sonya Deville. That's right. Let's go, baby. The Iconics and La Monnier got Selena Vega. And <laughs> Mandy called this whole segment a joke because they could have all done the same thing claims Randy Rose 
any one of them would have did the same thing to Ronda Rousey of given the opportunity. But I'm, I'm not seeing it. I mean, I, I need to see uh, more of this vicious streak from them. I haven't really seen too much take place. But let's, uh, let's continue to see what the Golden Rose got to say. Well, now, the Golden Rose, she out here speaking. She's saying that uh, since Paige left Absolution, she just giving opportunities to the PCB buddies. I wanted to bring this up a little early, but it was so much craziness going on in the ring. Who remembers PCB? Shouts to PCB. I remember they had a name before that that I can't speak on because we're attempting to keep it PG. But yeah, this is that's interesting. You know, very cool to uh, to have those references made, especially by you know a, a former teammate. You know, we all want Paige to get better, but it's what it is and. I'm glad that she's in the role she's in, but man, oh man, Mandy Rose is raising good points that any one of them could have a title opportunity against Becky Lynch, the man, the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, but they're just not getting the time of the day, and I'm I'm actually inclined to agree, however, we do need to see these opportunities given, you know, going to the top of the mountain is definitely being at the top of the mountain let's say that it's something that everyone is capable of doing but everyone isn't uh it's not a position for all of the women on the roster it's only a spot for a couple of people right now at the top of the smackdown lava mountain would be becky lynch charlotte has skyrocketed herself there after sliding down briefly but let's be mindful that there are a lot of other there are a lot of other women that can be there so let's see how Paige responds to this hold on because then we get glow time we got Naomi coming out we got Carmella Oscar and Lana coming out ready to uh, share their take on it this is a this is basically the Smackdown Live women's roster wasn't I just talking about this so now everybody ready to stake they claim at the women's championship how is Paige going to respond? Shoot. If that wasn't audible enough for y'all, that was the crowd screaming Oscar. Again. When Becky was making her decision as to who was going to replace her, the roof almost came unglued for Asuka as to say she is the one who should be chosen of all of the women. But she hasn't been for reasons unknown or unbeknownst to myself. I have my ideas, but my ideas don't matter because... You know, WWE doesn't get to hear what I say. Let's just be honest. Either way, I think that uh, that's really cool that they haven't forgotten about Oscar. I surely have not. I think it's really cool and fun to see uh, this little rush hour pairing between Naomi and Oscar. You know, it's it's comical. You know, and it's entertaining. When Asuka does decide to stake her claim at the Women's Championship, I know it's going to be 
uh, highly intriguing to see how she gets to the top of the mountain. But let's have Naomi speak her piece on everything because she clearly uh, was listening with the ladies to Mandy Rose uh, share what she was feeling in the past recents. Now that's something that we could work with. That's a response. Wait, wait. Y'all hear it. Y'all hear it. That was Paige's response. And I think it's beyond a great idea. Just speaking on the climb to the top of the mountain. Now we're going to see who the decision is. Who's going to make it? Who's going to be able to show off in that third space in the TLC match at TLC? First ever women's TLC match, and that's already groundbreaking. But now we're going to have three women in the match vying for the women's championship. Is the, is the title going to be... Waving above the ring? Is that what we're going to see? Or are we going to have just a regular uh, one full matchup? That's what the only question I would have regarding it. Either way, oh man, that's going to be something else. So that's how you open up SmackDown Live, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you do it. Shouts to the Women's Revolution. Naomi was not wrong in saying any one of these women could be women's champion. They're actually, they, well, excuse me, they've actually. Uh, really been built up well in the past couple of months. Every single one of them have a special space in my heart, and regardless of what the other uh, parts of the WWE universe think, these women are all very capable of wielding that championship. I just would like to see what the championship feels uh, regarding the women. So we're going to find out later on tonight in that Women's Battle Royale. All right, so moving forward with the program, we have the Usos, you know, one of the best tag teams in the world, you know, up there, well, they're they right up there with the New Day, and I'm not being biased, I'm saying this is the SmackDown Tag Team Division, and I would love to see more tag teams step up, but right now, it's the Bar, the New, the New Day, and the Usos in no particular order, but it's those three right now, the Tag Team Championship is on, or Championships are on the Bar, they, again, they're taking on the Usos, uh, Earlier in uh, the day, apparently, they um, had a little spat with the Big Show. Now, recently, in a couple of weeks, I would say even since SmackDown 1000, that's actually where it began. Big Show was uh, a, a big part of why these guys won the Tag Team Championships in the first place. You know, he came out, he chokeslammed Kofi, looked like he was going to save the New Day from an onslaught by the bar, but... You know, he hey Kofi, cost the New Day, uh, the Tag Team Championships, and put him on the bar. Fast forward to the Trick or Street fight, pardon me, <laughs> the Thanksgiving Feast fight. Uh, last week on SmackDown Live, uh, the New Day got the upper hand on the Big Show. Big Show got put through a Thanksgiving table. And that, that knocked them out. I mean, these table spots are very impactful. So, you know, Big Show is knocked down. We got a backstage segment in the locker room with the bar uh, essentially 
having a, again, spat with the big show. And, man, look, uh, who would mess with a 500-pound animal or close to it? You know, big show definitely lost a lot of weight. And he's lean and mean. He Cesaro was upset that Big Show wasn't uh, there to back him up. He was under the impression that Big Show was supposed to be there to back him up. And yeah, I can agree with that sentiment. But to pull this man's uh, strap on his outfit and slam it on his chest like that, like that shit don't feel too good. So the Big Show, you know, 500-pound monster, close to it. You know, he went in there with Floyd Mayweather, and honestly, he's been a different animal since he learned how to box. You could go back and find it on the WWE Network. Big Show and his knockout punch, like, he could fight. Cesaro attempting to, you know, rile him up. Got his silly, uh, you're a PG, but he, he definitely got knocked out. Big Show punched him directly in the face as he earned... I wouldn't say deserved, but at the same time, it's, you know, you put yourself in that position to get punched in the face, and you got punched in the face by a giant. Good job. You know, like, there's already been forms of dissension. They haven't had the best couple of weeks, you know. They lost to AOP. Uh, they did not add to SmackDown's uh, grand total, which at the end of the day was 6-0, and but we all claim 6-1 and because of the kickoff. Perhaps these guys should have been on the kickoff, but, you know, because they're tag champions, because of the big show, you know, they were on the main show, and they contributed to that clean sweep that Monday Night Raw, can, you know, just laid out on SmackDown Live. So thanks a lot, Cesaro. Good job, man. And you got what you asked for with the punch to the face. Knocked him out. He's been favoring his jaw coming down to the ring, as I've been noticing. And uh, now they got to take on the Usos, who I think if they catch a win here, they might be in line for a tag team championship opportunity. But hot potato between these three teams. Hey, we've seen the other tag teams in the SmackDown Live division. What is y'all doing? I don't want to name any names, only because they have to step up for themselves. We've seen... On Monday Night Raw, the Revival attempt to step up. We've seen some excellent mic work from them. You know, we've seen them dealing with a lot of the BS from the Lucha House Party. And, hey, maybe, you know, these guys deserve that. But we are on SmackDown Live. Cesaro just got knocked out. And now the tag team champions need to uh, attempt to get some of this momentum back. Because right now, they've got a flat tire. All right, so let's get it clear. The Big Show and the Bar are no longer cool anymore because of that little falling out. And I guess that kind of prompted Sheamus to go on one of the social media platforms and, uh, you know, announce an open challenge, you know. Not for the championships, but to any team that wants to try to step up. The Usos did step up in a big fashion because they didn't win by any shenanigans. They won the match. It was a very cool match between those uh, two teams. And all in all, you know, super kick into the splash, but it wasn't necessarily that easy. It was a very complicated sequence of events to lead to the super kick and splash. Quick tags, knees out the ring, a couple of reversal spots. They went for the double loose. You would think that the match was finished. Cesaro definitely still uh, came, he, he came through in the moments where he could. He had a couple of great uppercut spots. 
out of the ring, jumped in the ring for the double splash to cut that off. Sheamus was able to get his knees up on the other Uso and go for a quick package or a small package. Wasn't necessarily uh, all the way in, but, you know, these guys uh, definitely uh, looked strong in defeat, you know, respectfully. But the Usos did get uh, the one, two, three finish. Regardless of all of the background interferences, they are, uh, I would say they're looking like they could get a tag team championship opportunity. Or do these guys have to go through the New Day again? Who, of course, they respect a great deal. And it's going to be a grueling process uh, if that's the case. But let's see what takes place. Either way, that was cool. A very fun match. So, cool tag match. And we cut to the New Day in the locker room having a conversation about... Well, well, they were actually laughing at some kind of footage that was taking place. And in walks the A-lister. That's right. One of the, uh, you know, contributors to the podcast in the shadows. This is real fact. The Miz. Uh, asking whatever what's what's so funny now before we really get started with this segment let us just of course thank you Miz but let's speak to um how he's attempting to be a face because he is and it seems to me that the story is every time he tries to be nice he's not necessarily uh that's not reinforced in a positive fashion it's actually uh, he's actually forced to go back to being mean. So, anyway, we get uh, the New Day laughing at his match from last week on SmackDown Live with uh, him and the best in the world, Shane McMahon, versus uh, the the Bryant brothers in the Staples Center. Now, of course, we know The Miz lost that match in a fairly embarrassing fashion, or let's just call it entertaining for a better e-word to use, but, um, yeah, he got so upset that he said he could beat any one of the members of the New Day, I don't care to agree, I think we'd need to see it happen, but, um, yeah, well, <laughs> joke of the segment was, they, because oh, being thought that they were watching the Marine 6 close quarters, in stores now, get it on Blu-ray, but uh, they're not, they, they said, we're not watching the Marine 6 starring Becky Lynch, which was like, oh man, yo, look, Becky doesn't need a bigger head, but LMAO, regardless, I thought that was very funny, but yeah, Miz wants to beat him up, he's gonna go see his co-bestie in the, you know, best in the world, two-thirds. Then go see him right now and try to set up a match between him and whatever member of the New Day wants some static. So, that's that. But, we do have a piece of footage regarding uh, what is uh, felt about uh, Jake Carter. Let's listen. <laughs> listen now <laughs> listen now 
Go get the Marine 6. Are you in the family, men? Are you into people that want to find peace? That's Jake Carter. That's The Miz. Go get it now. So, yeah, as funny as that was, you know, uh, get a little more serious. We, uh, we appreciate you, Jeff Hardy. Just throw that out there. Later on tonight, we're going to be celebrating Jeff Hardy's 20th anniversary as a sports entertainer. And he's given us some of the wildest moments we've ever seen. Made us all get up out of our seats or jump up from the floor or hop up from the couch. You know, I've been jumping up for what Jeff Hardy was about to get into since I was a little kid. So to be able to celebrate his 20th anniversary, even be present watching World Wrestling Entertainment, you know, I'm humbled and we do appreciate Jeff Hardy. So I can't wait for that segment later on tonight. Then we uh, cut to the phenomenal AJ Styles, who is still one of my personal champions uh, to respond to. Uh, he's going to respond to Daniel Bryan. I think AJ is uh, going to deliver a very passionate, a very impassionate, passionate promo in response to whatever it was that Daniel Bryan had to share. And even though we, again... Might not like the way Daniel Bryan went about it. I can understand uh, why he did what he did. Uh, would I have done it? No. But in the name of being WWE champion, it's, it's been all kinds of ways. It's been uh, it's been won. So we'll see what AJ has to say about it. Uh, Corey Graves raised a cool point about uh, it being a little weird to see AJ Styles without the WWE Championship after seeing him with it for 371 days. I can uh, I can kind of agree with that. I don't think it's a little weird. Uh, you know, and that's outside of storyline mainly. You know, the championship definitely can go on any deserving superstar, and Daniel Bryan is a well-deserving superstar of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I said it weeks ago, I'll say it now, that championship running 371 days more so solidified AJ Styles as a champion-level superstar. I think he's, uh, like, I wasn't huge on him when the rumblings were, oh, he's going to sign with the company, he's going to sign with the company. I said I would let him come through and impress me. And if I'm impressed, then I will definitely be on the wagon, you know, as somebody that supports AJ Styles in the way that I can. And after about three years and, of course, 371 days uh, this time around as WWE champion, I can definitely say I rocks with AJ Styles. I enjoy his work. And he is, again, still a champion to myself. I think he is a great representation of a champion. And I've applied a lot of the ways he's been to the way I walk. Therefore, it's going to be really, really cool to see him uh, share how he feels about this most recent situation between him and Daniel Bryan. We know that those two have a match coming up. It's going to be his championship rematch, not necessarily obligated. Well, is it? Yeah, I think it's contractually obligated. Either way, it's going to be the rematch between those two. 
at TLC, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the World Heavyweight Championship. Streaming live on the WWE Network. Three weeks out. Do it now. Yeah, it was very, very impassioned promo. AJ uh, made some cool points. And he definitely uh, is getting us all prepared for this match at TLC between him and Daniel Bryan for the World Heavyweight Championship. You know, I, I remember AJ, uh, well, I recall just now, you know, AJ shared that he understands how, you know, sometimes you have to do what it takes to get what you want. Like, uh, the low blow didn't bother him. It was the the stomps to the face after the fact. Like, you won your belt. What did you have to do all of that for? You didn't have to. That's where he feels he crossed the line because those kicks to the face, those kicks to the head, stomping and all the rest of that, it rendered him unable to compete at Survivor Series. It rendered him, uh, they they said he wasn't able, like he, they, he was not medically cleared to be at SmackDown Live last week. And, you know, he had to watch from home. So, listening to Daniel Bryan's promo last week, he called it a lot of BS. He said he didn't, he isn't buying it, you know. Uh, and come TLC, he's going to have to see, well, he, they, they, he's going to have to come get the receipt, you know. Uh, also, AJ brought up the fact that Daniel Bryan hasn't been at any live events, you know, this week even though he is the WWE champion. And while AJ was champion, he didn't miss a show. And that reminds me of uh, the old school days with uh, The Rock and John Cena. You know, the way they were arguing about who's showing up and not showing up. But AJ made reference to something even more recent in uh, the, the Raw champion or the Universal champion, Brock Lesnar, because he's saying that Daniel Bryan might be taking some notes on how they do things over there. You know, since Daniel Bryan's champion now, we haven't really seen him much since he won the championship title. And we all know, you know, this could even go back to uh, WrestleMania. You know, we don't necessarily see Brock like that. And, uh, I mean, of course, it gives prestige to the title, in my opinion. You know, the law of diminishing returns and such like that. But at the same exact time, you know, if we're not seeing you, then... What is what does that say about you as a champion? You know, you just wanted it to go and run with it. It's more of an ego thing. And I don't think AJ is really in his ego anymore. You know, I might have even been wrong about uh, AJ wanting to just solidify himself as a champion. I think AJ actually feels he's a champion. And let's just go back to the spiritual energy that the championship belt is. That it might be calling back out to AJ, or AJ might just be missing that symbiotic feeling that you know the championship gave him. Either way, he's ready for that match at TLC in three weeks. I know I'm ready to see it, so we're gonna find out what takes place next week on SmackDown Live. See if Daniel Bryan uh, is able to come back around and you know maybe face, see him face to face. They can have a talk about it, maybe a contract signing. Who knows, that one is up to WWE and how, as to how they uh, build the match leading into Survivor Series in three weeks. Streaming live on the WWE Network. But I think all in all, it was a great promo segment I had. 
I, I was on the edge of my seat seeing what AJ was going to say. He was even willing to have the fight, but to the crowd's dismay, again, Daniel Bryan wasn't in the building. So, uh, we'll see what takes place next week. I know I'm interested to see how things uh, unfold. Sorry about that, but we all know who they talk about. We all know who they talking about. They talking about Lars Sullivan. Who pledges allegiance to the United States of Anak America because we finally got to see Shinsuke Nakamura on TV. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. So the story here is we get Nakamura coming down to the ring, our United States champion, and He's been looking for some worthy competition. So who's it going to be to take him on to uh, show that they're worthy? Uh, look, we get the Bulgarian brute, the super athlete, Rusev, coming down to the ring to basically, I guess, accept uh, somewhat of a challenge. It wasn't necessarily announced that it was going to be an open challenge, but Rusev is in my opinion, great competition for uh, Nakamura. And it wasn't a title bout or anything of the sort. But I do think that Nakamura wanted to see the proof in the pudding. Is Rusev truly a worthy competition? As Rusev comes down to the ring after Nakamura's entrance, Rusev is beginning to rip his shirt off and gets kneed to the back of the neck. Then gets stomped while he's, you know, how he's hung up on the bottom rope, and uh, gets King Shasted out of the ring. The bell didn't ring. The match wasn't officially uh, started, and the United States champion decided to walk out because apparently Rusev isn't ready. But once Rusev is getting up. You know, we got a lot of officials out by now. You know, they're trying to stop everything. Shinsuke ran back down the ramp and gave him one of the best-looking King Shashanese strikes I've ever seen. He jumped with it because, you know, Rusev is of a taller build. And, you know, it put Ruru down. Is Rusev competition enough for the United States Championship? Well, we're going to have to find out next week because as far as this week is concerned, it wasn't a very happy Rusev day for him. Shinsuke sitting and looking at the top of the ramp like, look, I'm the United States champion and we still ain't got no uh, worthy competition. So, see you guys next week. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Cole.
there's an off chance that WWE actually does get to hear this and uh, hit a copyright because of uh, just this type of segment and me taking uh, the advantage to share in this with you guys and Jeff Hardy and such, but I'll take that chance, you know, see us on top of the ladder with it. When I was a kid, I remember jumping off of so much stuff because of Jeff Hardy, you know. It wasn't like uh, I was doing crazy front flips or half of that stuff, but I definitely did jump off of a lot of stuff, you know. I tried to learn how to flip. I hurt myself a lot, you know, but, and I've even uh, tried to you know, take on certain uh, aspects of, you know, the the sport or the exercise of parkour, but, uh, yeah, it was all thanks to uh, Matt and Jeff, you know, and, you know, we've all gotten our, you know, fist scars, I'm sure, if you respect the Hardys, you've tried to do something they've done, you know. One of the more recent memories I have was from WrestleMania when they returned. You know, I there were rumblings all over the internet about it, and I ignored them personally because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to believe it, and I didn't want it spoiled, and I did just enough for uh, me to forget that they were gonna be, you know, coming out. So when they did, I. Uh, part of the non-PG but I lost my shit because I didn't I didn't believe it you know and to see them win of course but then to see Jeff Hardy come back and you know stick around in the time that he has you know it's been a true inspiration like again right now me attempting to do this podcast you know I spoke on it the other day with punching fear in the face and all the rest of that but this is me at the top of the ladder you know, and it's not me feeling like I'm the best at doing anything. It's me getting ready to front flip off this month, yeah? So, with all of that being said and shit, in the off chance that Jeff Hardy does get to hear this, thank you, Jeff Hardy. We do really appreciate you, and we do believe that the sky is the limit. Yeah, it's very sentimental, very cool speech that Jeff gave. And of course, it'd be ruined by uh, the Samoan destroyer, Samoa Joe. You know, he wants to come out and try to make him feel bad and remind him of the past. And we'll even go as far as to bring up the one time when Jeff had a very bad match against Sting, but it wasn't necessarily inside of the product. That was the one time I kind of felt let down by Jeff Hardy. But to see that he actually was able to change his life and then come back to WWE and be at the level he is now. What's Joe getting at? You know, to hear Joe speak on not wanting to celebrate weakness and how um, 
you know, Jeff is given constant chances and he had, Joe hasn't gotten one. You know, it's almost like a sort of it's a contradiction. Is Joe delusional? You know, he just had uh, opportunities at the WWE Championship, which he lost, you know, and uh, I don't know if he's smart to want to go up against the charismatic enigma this close to TLC where he can uh, potentially lose again. You know, which is another shot at a championship caliber superstar. You know, if this is supposed to be a way to keep uh, Joe in the championship picture or or something of the sort, then fine, I guess. But it doesn't, you know, I I tried to speak highly on Joe. Remember, guys? Remember before Survivor Series? You know, he he was drafted to the men's Survivor Series team, you know, and he was eliminated first, you know, like six and one and all. But the kickoff is a completely different entity than the main show. So he contributed to the clean sweep that Raw laid out on SmackDown. And he looks like a crybaby. If anything, somebody that doesn't necessarily want to be responsible for his losses. He hasn't even really covered it. He had nothing to say about it. He just tried to breeze past it. If we even go to Starcade, the televised match, the main event, the steel cage between himself and AJ Styles. He tapped out, you know, so to offer Jeff a one-step program in case his uh, demons want to uh, reawaken and try to take over again, which clearly isn't going to happen, you know, it's uh, the only thing that comes to my mind is, you know, he's going to be a real nice cushion for a swanton bomb on a table. The end. We've got Kofi versus The Miz up next. All right, so we get our Kofi match against The Miz. And, you know, it was an awesome match. I would even say go back and watch it on the on WWE's YouTube channel, see the highlights. But I think personally, I mean, I haven't seen, uh, I know it's uploaded, but I haven't seen it just yet because I'm here doing this. But it's, God, one of these moves have had to made the top 10 list for, the, uh, for this week of SmackDown. But the main story here was Miz was trying to employ heel tactics. You know, he was trying to gain a bit of redemption from his embarrassing, humiliating loss last week to the Bryan brothers, where Shane clearly was too banged up to help out. This was a match where he tried to put himself with Shane in. Like, he inserted Shane into the match. He had everything already set up. Didn't necessarily tell anybody. It was a surprise. It was a spring on everyone. And it ultimately led to his loss. But this time around, he's trying to take the turnbuckle turnbuckle pad off of the corner of the ring. He tried to bring a uh, what was it? He tried to bring a chair into the ring after he kicked Woods. Now, of course, you know it's the new day, so there's gonna be a bit of shenanigans. It was like that from the beginning of the match. You know, we had E taunting. We had Woods playing the trombone. Uh, fast forward to the end of the match or close to the end in sequence we had the Miz dropkick Woods but when he brought the chair into the ring Woods was able to grab that said no 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 you're not going to do that which uh, gave Kofi the opening for Trouble in Paradise gave him the kick smack to the head with the foot one two three finish very cool match very fun story and um, poor Miz you know, you could try to be a good guy as much as you want, but if you can't control your emotions nor uh, prepare for things uh, in a wiser fashion, then these are the type of things that happen. However, 
This Miz character is nothing compared to the Jake Carter character in the Marine 6 close quarters. Am I a Mariner? I'd say so. You should be too because just like Corey said, at this rate that Miz is going, there are going to be more Miz movies than James Bond movies in about another two to three years. But <laughs> let's, let's continue with the show, shall we? Next up, we're getting graced with the presence of Randy Keith Orton, RKO himself, one of the most devastating men on SmackDown, one of the scariest men on SmackDown Live right now. And last week, we know what he did to Rey Mysterio. We know he has the mask. So it's going to be very compelling to see how he uh, moves this little story forward between the two. So, yep, yep, yep. We get uh, Randy Orton coming down to the ring to share his uh, feels on taking the mask or scalping or getting the trophy, however we want to word it, uh, from Rey Mysterio last week. And during the promo, I definitely felt him when he said he didn't necessarily uh, care to learn about the culture. Now, I know a little bit about the Lucha Libre culture, and I've definitely said it before. I'll say it again. I respect it a great deal. But in Randy's case, and I already knew it. I just like how he reminded the crowd of it. He wasn't doing, or he isn't doing what he does to these superstars. And in most recent uh, times, Randy, I'm not, excuse me, Rey Mysterio, he's not doing what he did. He didn't do what he did in the name of disrespecting the Lucha Libre culture. So don't twist it. He did what he did to take Rey over the pedestal. That us in the WWE universe have put him on. Now, I'll be honest. When Ray first came back at the Royal Rumble and then left again, I was fairly upset. Because, you know, with all of the excitement in Ray Mysterio returning, for him to just up and leave again, it was almost like, hey, I'm just here to, you know, uh, get the quick pop from the crowd, get the love and... I got to go somewhere else and get the love from the crowd again. You know, there are plenty of other reasons that we could come with, but I think the love from the crowd is what reigns true here the very most. So, I was upset. And when he came back at SmackDown 1000, I wasn't necessarily too excited about it. But as time has progressed and we've gotten to this point, Ray has proven that he is loyal to the home base that is WWE, that is sports entertainment, and he wants to stick around. So I can add myself to the the group of constellations in the WWE universe and stars, not superstars, but stars and fans and all the rest of them that are behind Rey Mysterio and want to see him do great. This puts him on a pedestal. Now, commentary has made reference to him and Jeff Hardy. I'm going to go one step further and remind everyone that he broke Ty Dillinger's finger. Let's not forget about that because that was something very serious. You know, I was personally pulling for Ty Dillinger to, you know, uh, come up. This even goes back to him uh, challenging AJ Styles. 
for the United States Championship at a time. You know, I believe it was even an open challenge, and AJ respected the grit. You know, that's what made me notice Ty Dillinger. But guess what? Months later, now his finger's broken. Why? Because Ty Dillinger was just starting to get put on a pedestal. He was getting the WWE Universe to start believing in him. And now we're up to Rey Mysterio, where he has the bruised trachea and the the hurt ego and the... the not shattered, but I'm pretty sure cracked self-esteem uh, based on what Rey Mysterio has, um, excuse me, based on what Randy Orton has done to him thus far. And, you know, Starcade, we saw him with the neck brace uh, tonight even because, yeah, that's right. He came out to try to respond to Randy Orton. He still has that neck brace on. And I'm afraid for Rey. We saw what he did last week. Well, we saw what happened to him last week. And I'm not just talking about the chair spot. I'm talking about that RKO spot. One of the big things that I was, I've enjoyed seeing Ray do is that slide underneath the ropes into a splash outside on, you know, the mat. And guess what? He tried to do it against Randy. And just as sure as there's a siren in the background, uh-huh, RKO out of nowhere. So... Him coming out to confront Randy, of course, you know, it's the size of the the fight in the dog, you know, but uh, I don't know. I even think uh, Corey Graves said this might be ill-advised, you know. I don't think it's a good idea to do this while you're still a little injured. At least get yourself to 100%, but we can't tell somebody like a lucha deity what to do. So, yeah, honk if you hear me. Let's, uh, let's see what happens. And say a prayer for Ray during this segment, please, because I don't know what's going to happen. God damn it, Randy. So, you know, Ray come down to scrap. Randy, uh, jumped out the ring first. Ray had a little bit of the upper hand in the fight. Hit him with a 619. You know, they got in the ring. He's doing throwing bowls. Uh, look, Ray was able to hit a quick 619 on Randy on, while Randy was like in between the ropes. Then he, uh, well, Randy was still ready to take the fight to him. Missed a big hit or a clothesline. Ray got a kick, put Randy on the second rope, hit another 619. But Ray knows that he's fighting for the Lucha Libre culture. He's fighting for the pride of his people. So he has to come with a little more than just just that, you know, dropping the dime or, you know, West Coast pop or whatever he was going to go for. He went to the timekeeper's area, got him a chair. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. I think he going to, you know, try to come with something at least. He got to against the Apex Predator and then... He got to the ring, and Randy stopped all of that and hit him with a draping DDT. You know, vintage Randy Orton, as uh, Michael Cole would say. And Randy got out the ring and took that same chair that Ray got and uh, put it on Ray's neck, or at least had it to his neck, and slammed it onto the steel steps with Ray's neck right on the very top of the chair or the back resting part of the chair we've seen the spot we've seen the move done before but randy's a big guy 
and Ray has an injured neck right now in the storyline. So, boy, oh boy, to see that take place in that fashion. God damn it, Randy. Poor Ray. I don't know um, if if Ray's going to be able to come back and have a respectable win against Randy. I know we have TLC, excuse me. I know we have TLC coming up at in three weeks, streaming live on the WWE Network, and there could be room for a match between these two, but I don't know. It could be a chairs match. You know, we always need one of those to fit, but I'm... I'm not sure what's going to take place. I hope uh, I hope Ray's doing good. I hope he's healing up fast because right now the Raiders going, there might not even be a Rey Mysterio to have that match. He might be in the same position that Braun Strowman is in at the local medical facilities. But uh, we cut directly to commercial. We couldn't even really close the segment. We had the backstage officials trying to break things up. That's all we got for that segment. Maybe it will continue. Maybe it won't. If not, I ain't mad because we can't have... Look, Randy's done enough. And we do have the most anticipated main event coming up. The Women's Battle Royale where the winner is going to be the third member installed into the first ever women's TLC match for the WWE SmackDown Live Women's Championship at TLC. Streaming live on the WWE Network in three weeks. So, And I, I've been sitting here waiting for that. Clearly, you can tell. But yes, we're going to see what happens when all of these women get in the ring to strut their stuff and show us who's the most hungry in the moment. Alright, so we got the main event going. And unfortunately, Zelina Vega was eliminated. Alright, so the way it took place was Lana went through the bottom rope. Zelina Vega went over the top rope, but both four, well, Lana got kicked off through the bottom rope. Zelina Vega was still on the apron, but Lana, being the best, being number one, pulled Zelina Vega from the apron down, so that effectively got her eliminated. Darn it, she was the dark horse. We all know that Zelina Vega, a.k.a. La Muñeca, is very, very gifted totally talented and definitely capable just tonight it wasn't in the cards let's uh let's let's all pull our hearts together and uh, of course thank her for gracing us with some presence and hope that in uh the future weeks that we get to see more action from her we had Zelina Vega beat up Lana for a little second said don't ever touch me and of course she was salty that she was eliminated first and, you know, coming back to the match, we had Lana really trying to put in some ham. She uh, had a real cool sidekick. You know, she's a professional dancer. It takes nothing away from her. So she has the ability to get her legs up that high, as do a lot of the other women superstars. But there's a little bit of impact on it. She had a little cute spin on it, you know, after it landed. And she tried to eliminate Billy Kay of the Iconics. Peyton Royce ran up with the save, and both of them worked together to eliminate Lana next from the Women's Battle Royale while Becky Lynch and Charlotte look on from uh, ringside. All right, so we got the Iconics next up. Um, 
uh, while they were hyped that they eliminated Lana, they turned around and they should have held them a little bit longer just from a watching from the camera standpoint. But we saw Billy Kay go into this hilarious fighting pose. <laughs> it was so funny. But uh, we had them turn around, taking on Oscar. They tried to fight her, but Oscar was able to get uh, Billy Kay over the top rope. And then Peyton threw Oscar into the corner, went for a spinning heel kick, leg went up. That was cool, but Oscar was able to duck that and then lift her over the top rope. And both of them standing next to each other got hip attacked out of the ring, eliminating the Iconics from the Women's Battle Royale. So now we've got Oscar, we've got Naomi, we've got Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, and Carmella left in the match. Who's going to take it? I mean, now it's starting to heat up. We've got some big names in there. Each of these women are very, very capable, truly, 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 of winning the Women's Championship. I would like to see any one of them win this match to go on to the first ever Women's TLC match at, at TLC. So it's, gonna, it's just going to be highly interesting, and I'm very curious to see who is able to impress the most all right so Carmella got a really nice super kick on Oscar kicked the nonsense out of Oscar took a strong bump Oscar got back up they were going at it but Oscar got uh, fast forward Oscar got Carmella over the top rope started uh, as uh, Tom Phillips says lighting up giving a strike after strike after strike just like she was giving the icon they said them both with those Fast back fists. Oscar got some of the fastest back fists I've seen in sports entertainment. But before she uh, hit, <laughs> before she hit Carmella all the way with like a final kick, Carmella crouched down on the apron and screamed, and it's so it, it was funny. I laughed out loud personally. Uh, go back and watch it on the WWE, or excuse me, go back and watch it on yeah, the WWE's YouTube channel because it was it, it was very comical. I think it was hilarious to see her scream like that. But she got up, Oscar asked if she was okay, and took it down a notch, and then gave her a kick to the midsection to knock her off the apron, which eliminates Carmella from the running. The way the way it's looking, you know, but yet I don't want to predict anything. I just know that. I've seen some great things happen between the two superstars that I've seen. Uh, I've seen it. Ha I've seen these two go at it once, and they definitely showed out. So let's just see how this match ends up. All right, so we got. Uh, uh, I'm, I don't care. Absolution, Team Tough Enough, beating up on Oscar now after she got her good elimination on Carmella and the Iconics. And out of nowhere, Glow Tom ignites. We get Naomi kicking Sonya Deville in the side to knock her down for a moment. Just to, it paralyzed her. And then she grabs Mandy Rose and punches her. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Not sick, but 19 times and throws her into the ropes, into a rear view. And it, it just is the great. It was a great show of offense from Naomi. The two were fighting and 
she went for well she got a good springboard uh kick on Mandy Rose oh excuse me on Sonya Deville and then went for her Karana on Mandy Rose which Mandy Rose began to power out of got Naomi on she, she pushed her out onto the apron just off the lift in itself but we all know that Naomi's an awesome dancer also so when Naomi went for a kick Mandy tried to pull her and Naomi went for a split so there we go we got a split I think she's like a back roll or tumble or something while wow, these women is still on the apron and then threw Mandy Rose into the uh you know, the LED corner of the ring and knocked her off. Thus eliminating Mandy Rose. But from behind, we got... Y'all see this? My personal favorite in the match, Sonya Deville, to kick Naomi, with a, hit her with a knee, knocked off the apron. So this leaves Asuka and Sonya Deville. Oh my goodness. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm ecstatic to see who's going to win this and go on to be in this first ever women's TLC match at TLC in three weeks, streaming live on the WWE Network. I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm chomping at the bit to see. So please pardon me so we can get the shocking conclusion to this awesome battle royale. All right. And, I, oh man, look, look at that, somebody call the, call the authorities because we got official, we got the official match, it's set up, first of all, it was a great showing between Oscar and Sonya Deville, Sonya came with her hair up and they squared up for the time and, you know, Sonya came with a fight. We even had Mandy Rose try to help her out, which might get that trust back between the two. It didn't necessarily work because the Empress of Tomorrow is too strong. Sonya Deville, was, she might need to get some of them, uh, I don't know, she's looking not weak, but she's looking like some of them hits was really hurting from Oscar and was down. Fast forward. Oscar got the win. You need to go and watch the WWE YouTube channel and see how that all played itself out because me telling you is not going to do this match justice. Look, Greg Hamilton, where you at, man? Uh huh. Right, the stage is set. Y'all hear him. Y'all hear him. Let the pros tell you. Listen, listen, it's going to be a good one. We are officially two weeks from Sunday out 
from TLC streaming live on the WWE Network. I'm excited for this. We've got three of the top women in sports entertainment going at it for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I got one question outside of did you subscribe to the WWE Network yet? Monday Night Raw, how do you respond? Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax, the face breaker, is going to be something cute. We know. We know. But y'all's taking, y'all, y'all going up against three of the best the sports entertainment has to offer. Monday Night Raw Women's Division. How do you respond? You got the man Becky Lynch, you got Charizard, and you got the Empress of Tomorrow, Oscar Chan, going at it in the TLC match. Is, is Braun Strowman okay? Is he going to be good to go? Is he going to be good to go? Or are we going to get Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler in the latter match for the Intercontinental Championship? Let, let us know. Let us know. Y'all can't necessarily see me, but I see y'all every week. I want to know if it's going to be something that, that we want to see. Come TLC two weeks from Sunday, streaming live on the WWE Network. I believe y'all going to give us something. Because this one here, this was a strong blow. You know Royal SmackDown been going at it. We know it was 6-0. We know that the Usos and the New Day and the rest of the tag teams put the one in the 6-1. We know that it's a, what is it, what do we call it? It's a separate entity being the kickoff show. So we can't really count it as much. We know it was a clean sweep. But look at this here. I just might be keeping score since it's going to be dual branded. I just might be keeping score. And right now. It's looking like SmackDown is going to have a better match than Monday Night Raw as far as the Women's Championship goes. Take nothing away from Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Take nothing away from the challenger, the face breaker, Nia Jax. But I'm saying, though, what's it going to be, WWE? This is Blake, broadcasting from the shadows somewhere out here. I personally think in the off chance that WWE does get to hear that part, <clears throat> Raw is going to respond with a very heavy hit next Monday. So y'all ensure y'all tune in. I will catch you guys tomorrow for the 205 Live recap. I'll talk to you guys soon. I, I'll just talk to you guys soon. What a, what a show. What a show. <laughs>